Hello, this is me, Anthony, and this is my mom's podcast. My blood brother, okay? My blood, brother. not no church brother. The blood younger brother is right yes. here on with me today. King Charles, the great big hitter. He's he's known as all things. I call him RC. Uh when he's in trouble, we call him Robert. Um, but we're so excited uh that of uh, that he's here, that we're able to have this conversation because today we are celebrating his one year anniversary of being released from the penitentiary. He let me know he did not get out of jail. He got out of the penitentiary. Yeah, not jail, man. Penitentiary is real. <laughs> real life. Uh, so today we're going to have some real conversation about the penal system, about criminology. We're going to have a, some real conversation from somebody who has lived it. My brother spent uh, yeah. some time in the penitentiary and I'll let you all tell him uh, what that was about. Just as a little introduction. Uh, RC, you want to tell us, you know, how long were you in? What was you in for? This all man, you Eight years, man. Down, you feel me? Uh, I got locked up trafficking in uh, heroin and fentanyl. 2015, man. Came home 2023. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. I, I was the dope man. You was the dope man. So let me ask you this. Let's first let's get into this because uh, let's you know it, it all transparent. We was we was raised in the same house, uh, yep, same sir. same place, the same rules. Um, I feel like you had a little, you had a little more leeway, but you know, uh, yeah. but um, you know, we we was raised in, in in Westchester. You know, we was in the suburbs. We was you know, uh -huh. it was a, it was some some folks. I think yeah, all the other yeah, like sometimes people sometimes think people think though that you know you in the suburbs, you know that's it. Like I'm like no, it's drugs there too. Like let's be, let's right. be <laughs> a whole lot of money and everything. Whole lot going on out there. So think about this. Like, what are some? What do you feel like are some circumstances that kind of led to your involvement in in drug trafficking? Being broke. Uh, hey, that's real. That's real. But it was me though. Like when I was in the joint, they made us take these classes, right? Mm -hmm. And the teachers would never understand how straightforward I was. Like. I chose to do everything that I chose to do. You're not going to hear a bunch of people say that. Everybody that's been locked up, they got a sob story. I don't got no sob story. I sold drugs because I wanted some money. Yeah. That's it. And the jobs I was getting wasn't cutting it. Yeah. I wanted it faster. I wanted more of it. And I wanted to get it myself. Yeah. I didn't start a company. I started a street company. That's yeah. what I did. Yeah. So it wasn't like, didn't nobody lead me to nothing. Yeah. Didn't nobody uh, coach me or coach yeah. me to bring me up to do that. I seen it. I made one move. I liked it. I kept going. Yeah. And that's what it was. Like, I was like, yeah, we grew up in Westchester, but really, we grew up in one of the hills. Very true. Very Both true. Our grandmothers, our sisters stayed in the projects. Uh, 
YMCA Melrose. Then Here my cousins me. all on Staten. Yeah. You know, once I got older, the old Lincoln, Locust, Carper. Then we moved to Carper. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we, I was out there for real. And yeah. then once I seen it, it tripled when you go back out there where we at. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. So I, I took that and ran with it. It wasn't the, uh, wasn't no situations where it yeah. was like, I just wanted some money. That's yeah. all I really did. I love, I love how, I do love how straightforward you are um, about it because I think sometimes we forget that it's just, sometimes it's just our choice, you know? It's your choice. Yeah. And so, I, I, and I think, but I think the other thing that I see is that you always had a business mindset. And yep. you always wanted a you wanted you didn't want to wait 10 years to to make a profit. You wanted to make right. it right now. And we see that even right now as a reputable business yes. right now. You're still you you have a great business mindset. And I yep. love to see how you kind of have turned that around. And we'll talk about that later, but I just wanted to make sure we kind of tag that in. So let me ask you this, you know, how at the end of the day, you know, how did your time in prison, I remember one time I said, "You know, my brother in jail." You said, "I am not in jail." Not I'm in jail. Penitentiary. <laughs> Penitentiary. What's the difference? So, it, it's a big difference. Jail is the worst of the worst. I know everybody tell you penitentiary is terrible and it's this and it's that, but honestly, jail is the worst of the worst because you, the CEO, the the sheriffs, and all of that is in there with you so everybody that's in here don't know what tomorrow is mm. and that's a dangerous place to be because I might only gotta do three nights but my celly he might be looking at life mm. and that's real he don't know what tomorrow brings he might got a murder charge this person might got a DV this yeah. person, that's why when you see him on TV and it'd be a whole lot of fights and a whole lot of extra stuff going on in jail is because don't nobody know what's happening tomorrow. I never thought about that. Cause yeah. I got I got locked up one time because I missed a court date. Uh -huh. I, was, I was in jail and I was shaking in my boots. I said, wait a minute. Cause yeah. people look like they live here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just here overnight. And right. Like you feel me? And you don't know. You don't know what's going on, so yeah. Especially once you make it to a floor in jail, like you ain't in a hole cell. That's when it get real, cause dude might be looking at life. This dude might be looking at twenty years. This dude might be looking at a year. Dude just got sentenced ninety days. Wow. So the dude is looking at life. I don't want to talk to you, bro. You got ninety days, man. Don't talk to me. And you gonna keep trying to talk to me, cause you trying to be cool with the dude that got life. I never, like you feel me? Thought about, I never thought about that. Yeah, like that's a thing. Like that's a thing. Even in the penitentiary, uh -huh. like I had a 22 year sentence. That's real. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And the guys that I was hanging with, they got 20 to life. But everybody that had eights and tens and all of that, they like, man, I don't even come over here. Yeah. You might not be here tomorrow, bro. Like, you feel me? I got life. It was it was a twenty or better club. I was in a twenty or better club. Wow! Wow! If you ain't got twenty, don't even come over here. Wow! And that's real, cause cause your mindset totally different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And the problem with penitentiary now, though, for real, is all these young kids coming in the joint. Mm-hmm. I was in there. Wait a minute. So you don't think the problem is going to jail in the first place? It's the young, it's the new people coming in. You like, y'all yeah. new people stay out. That's the problem. That's the problem. Because it's the game to do. Mm. Like, the culture right now with these kids going to prison and jail, it's a game. I had a young nigga tell me, he say, he say, sure, bro. Like, you know, I'm only, I'm only 19. They gave me 10 for a free body. He like, Shh, I'm 19. I'm going to get out when I'm 29. I'm going to still be the man. I said, bro, you stupid as hell. You crazy, bro. Talking about you 19. Like, this ain't no game. This is a real life 10 years, bro. Yeah. They don't care because they like, when I get out, I'm going to be 29. I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. I'm going to be super big. I'm going to be tatted up. All the ladies going to want me. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. And then they get out with that same mindset and come right back. Because the classes that they got in there is not not meant for them. Mm. They don't got, they tried to do a class with that. But like in the joint, in jail, they might listen a little bit. But in the joint, they ain't listening because they like, bro, I got five years, bro. So I got 10 years, bro. So and to people on the street, 10 years, five years, it seemed like a long time. But in their time don't move. Mm. So, cause you ain't counting days. All that stuff y'all see on the movies is bogus. Ain't nobody writing check marks on the they call they y'all call not writing count. on the walls. Y'all not man, writing. Ain't nobody walls. writing check marks on the wall and they said, man, they call they call the they call those uh they call calendars the devil. They're like, damn, bro, you got the devil in your locker? Because you why got a calendar call, up in your why locker. They, why do they call them the de- Why do they call calendars the devil? Because you it press you out. Mm. You got eight years, you gotta do eight calendars, man. <laughs> For real. Like that's that's real life. You gotta do eight of those. Don't nobody wanna sit there and look at them. That just make your day long. Wow. I didn't that's real. Yo, you give it, you give it insight. You give it insight. Do you feel like it was a specific moment or realization during your incarceration that like influenced this perspective that you have? Cause you have a you got a crazy perspective on life and choice. You know, I've always told you I think you like one of the most hilarious people ever. But uh, but you was hilarious when you went in. But now you have like <laughs> you like you don't care. You're gonna say what you're gonna say. Yeah, because I I figured it out. One thing about prison that you should learn in prison, first off, is not to go back because you don't want to go back. (laughs) You feel me? But secondly, you really figure out who love you, who rock with you, and who really don't. Like, you really figure that out straightforward, ain't no way around it. Like, that's just real. Like, you know what I mean? And a lot of people don't know them little letters. And, yeah, the money be cool, but if you know how to do time, you straight. People that go to prison and have a lot of problems, they don't know how to do time. Me going in, one thing I knew when I started selling drugs on the street is you will go to prison. It's not a possibility. It's not... Maybe I could get away with it. No, 
I'm going to prison. I know that. So while I'm out here on the street, I'm going to get big. I'm going to be ready. And I'm going to go to prison. I'm going to do my time and I'm going to come home. A lot of people, that's another problem with these young kids going to prison. They act like I could come out here and play with guns and shoot and sell drugs and do whatever I want to do with no consequences. But then when you get in prison, ain't no guns in here, bro. Mm. Like you gotta stand on you gotta stand on what you was talking about on the street. Like you gotta stand on that. All that oh I shot a million niggas and all that, that don't mean nothing in there. Yeah. That means absolutely nothing. So me personally, I went in with the mindset knowing I was going to prison. That's what them teachers couldn't believe. They had us fill out this thing talking about some uh when you found out you was going to prison, how did you feel? I said I was ready. They was like, What? You're so annoying. So how are you going to say that you... They trying to argue with me that I told them. I said, man, if you sell drugs... I said, everybody in this class lying but me. I said, man, can't none of them say they ain't know they was going to... We sell drugs. We breaking the law. This is what we do, bro. You going to prison. And if you don't believe that, you insane. You real life insane. And it's a lot of people in there that's real life insane because they really can't... I can't believe... She told on me. She got caught. Yeah. And to get out, she gonna tell on you. Yeah, it's us versus it's us, it's me versus you. And that's part of the game. Wow. When they had me in that room trying to get me to tell on people, you know what I told them? I said, man, this is these is my drugs, and I sell them. Anybody outside of this has nothing to do with what's going on right now. And they was like, oh, you think you toughing back? Nah, I just know this is mine. I'm not bringing nobody else in. I'm not saying no names. I'm not doing none of that. This is me. And, oh, yeah, just for the podcast, Robert Anderson, 2791-33. Look me up. No snitching. No none of that. Took my time on the chin, and I did it. Like, that's a real thing. Cause well, I, know you, and you, I know. I remember. I remember. Hey, they want to play like, in the street. Uh, uh, we give we give you big eyes, like dude. Yeah. And you was like, nah, nah, this me. Yeah, and you. I think it goes back to what you said earlier. You 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 said this is a choice I made. I'm not choice about to take nobody with me. But let me let let me ask you this though. Do you ever feel like? Do you ever feel? First of all, it's two things. Number one, um, do you ever feel like? I know we really are talking about like as you as you come out of jail, we we trying to turn turn that curve. But how do we tell kids to stop doing drugs? How do we tell people to stop? Like, what can we do? How do you tell people to stop doing drugs? Is keep it away from them at a young age. Rolling up in front of your kids and smoking and all of that. It's cool because it's weed. It's legal. Whoopty woo, whatever. But. Legal you need to be checking. Depending on where you at. Depending on where you at. But you need to be checking their friends, though. Because they friend mama might not roll weed up. Mm-hmm. She might pop pills. Yeah. Now that's true. Because Westchester, Westchester used to be, I, I don't know if you remember, Westchester used to be on, at first, we was in the sixth grade, they was on laxatives. Like, yeah. just like that was a thing. Like I was like, y'all weird. But they started with that, and that same crew 
moved like energy pills. Then they moved yep. from that to making stuff. Then next thing I knew, they was chemists. Molly, meth, <laughs> they heroin. That's yeah. what they do. They was doing That's what a lot. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta watch. The problem is parenting. I agree, cause you know, you know, and you, you know, your niece and nephew think I be all up in their space, and I do. All mm-hmm. they text messages still come to my phone. I don't care that you're a teenager. I don't care. Uh-uh. Because you're right, and you and I, they know I don't let them sleep over people's house. And it's not, it's not me not trusting them. It's that I don't trust y'all. Y'all don't parent the way I parent. Right. So, you know, I I have to be, I I be. be overbearing. Because I gotta make sure that I I'm supporting the gifts that I have. I didn't. I don't have no time. Cause you remember Keith, Keith Anderson Senior didn't let me go man. nowhere. He let you go That's everywhere right. and look at you and look at you. <laughs> uh, he ain't really let me go nowhere. I just used to go. He go to sleep too early <laughs> and be out. He never. He, I never could do it. I ne- he, hey, I was out of there. What? I'm sleep, I'm gone. <laughs> Yo, so let me ask you this. Okay, so you you spent eight years. You you during that time, and I don't think I ever really said this to you. Um, but during that eight year time, you you did two bids. The first bid, and then you got off for a little bit, and then you uh, went back. Yeah. And the first bid, I felt like, all right, you know, I'm gonna support my brother. You know, that's my brother. But I really had an attitude the second bid. Um, and, and I felt like, because at that point you had, you know, two girls. Um, well, really you had like four kids. You know, we could include, your, you know, your your bonus kids too at that time. I think there was four of them, right? And so yeah. all together. And so, um, so I was mad because I felt like you were such a good father I felt like you made and like you said you I felt like you made the choice to go back in and I was just like I would have rather you have been slaving at McDonald's in my mind you know right. what I'm saying? and yeah. so I was angry and because I was angry like I refused to like participate I didn't want I didn't want to talk to you on the phone I didn't want to send no, I'm not sending no pictures. And you know, let me tell you something I also learned when you said, you know, you learn who people who for you. I learned that mothers are always going to be mothers. It didn't matter that right. this, your second bid, Charlesetta Anderson was going to stand 10 toes down and she was going to call you on the phone. She's going to send you money. She's going to do whatever she got to do. And yeah. she okay. really taught me like the, like how real the love of a mother is. Yeah, that's um, a fact. And, but for me, it was like, I was so angry about it. And I think I was really just hurt. And I, I tried to play it off. Like he should have known better. Um, I'm like, I ain't talking, I ain't doing all of that. Uh, but I do, I do want to just apologize to you that I didn't, I didn't think through all of it. I didn't think through the fact that you were thinking, hey, I already got a felony on my record. It's hard yeah. to go work at McDonald's. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> it Especially is. back then, they wouldn't. They yeah, they, they, they wasn't, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I didn't understand that once you are into that system, especially at that time, that you can't get out. A lot of, you know, repeat offenders, that's what I say. The repeat offenders is like 80% because yeah. it's not so much that you don't want to do it. I don't have no other way and my kid needs diapers and my kid right. needs 
That's a fact. So, you know, I, I was immature, you know, and, and didn't realize a lot of those things. So I wanted to make sure that I, you know, you know, I love it. Was, but you know, it wasn't that y'all was immature. Like, you feel me? Can't nobody tell you how to feel. And that's something I had to deal with when I was locked up. Like, dang, can't nobody really tell nobody how to feel. And it was an old nigga that told me that. He was like, bro, you can't be mad at your peoples, bro, if they don't call you or nothing. He like, bro, I've been in here 10 years, bro. I ain't got a letter or nothing. Yeah. I said, Ooh. He was like, man, but I can't be mad at him, bro, because I, I made the choice. You made the choice. I'm like, you're right. And that cleared everything up for me right there. Yeah. Like, it's a wrap. Don't be mad at nobody. Do you. You feel me? But, like, I went back because a lot of people that get out of prison don't know that you don't got to catch up to nobody. Mm. But that's a hard feeling, and that's a hard pill to swallow. What you mean by that? Unpack that for me. When you get out, you ain't got nothing. All right? So your homie, your friend, your brother, your sisters, your cousins, everybody got something going on. Everybody got money. You keep coming around, everybody got money but you. You like, man. Then on top of that, I'm a real life street nigga. So I'm like, man, I ain't about to keep. Man, my mama ain't asking people. Yeah. Asking nobody for nothing. Like, you feel me? So I hit the switch, turn it on. Like, you know what I mean? Not knowing what I know now. So back then, what I didn't know was I could have the same drug dealer mindset or really it's a bit it really is a business mindset yeah it's a business mindset yeah. and put it to use in a different way i wasn't ready for that yeah you know what i mean because i i didn't understand that if i spend a hundred dollars i'm not supposed to make two hundred dollars mm. you know what i mean like when you sell drugs whatever you spend it should come back double so i wasn't ready to be prepared that when you spend twelve hundred dollars, you're not gonna make twenty four hundred. Mm-hmm. You might make fourteen hundred. Mm-hmm. You might make fifteen hundred, but that's a win. Yeah, but you're not looking at it like that. But once you start looking at it like that, that's when stuff get easy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm playing catch up to nobody though. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? That's what people getting out of prison don't understand. You ain't playing catch up to nobody but yourself. Yeah. So sit back. Use your time wisely. Like my second bid, I really use my time wisely. I read a lot of books. I got in some financial classes. I got in some stock classes. Shout out to Mr. Ken. You the man. I'm almost there. I'm about to start. But uh, it's a lot of things you can do in the penitentiary. You ain't got to be. But then again, like I don't gang bang. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I wasn't in a lot of extra things. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't... Yeah. In prison, everything bad that happens in prison, most of the time, you bring it on yourself. Mm. And that's just real. I don't gamble. You know why? I, I know not to gamble because I don't like to pay when I lose. <laughs> so, for me, it was like... An OG was like, bro, I don't know why you be doing that every time you lose. And it ain't like nobody gonna pull up on you, bro. And if they do, you gonna y'all going to the hole and all of that. He's like, bro, why you want to live like that? You don't like to pay? Quit gambling. Because it's a gamble. You know what I mean? And I ain't like it. I'm like, well, 
Summer dog, man. Man, I bet you won't gonna take it out of my locker. You know what I mean? Like, that's making your time hard though. So and and that's just real. Why are you flexing on these people? Y'all, my brother is like, how tall are you, RZ? 6'3? 300. <laughs> and I can fight. My daddy taught me real well. Great, I can fight. Because everybody got black belts in this family, okay? That's a fact. I Period. can fight. And uh, another thing about, I don't know if the people that's listening to, most big people can't fight. Yeah. They ain't never had to because they've been big. Cause I don't, I don't whoop the big one one a time you or two. <laughs> most, most big people can't fight. They got no hands. Got, got no hands. One haymaker, and so, when, but when you go to prison, it's a little different. Cause everybody's big. <laughs> you feel? Even the slim guys is big. You know what I mean? And they know how to fight, and they willing to fight. Like, cause you gotta stand on respect. You gotta stand on respect when you go in there. But yeah, like, prison is easy. The hardest part wow. is the pictures, for real. That's the hardest part about prison. Is the what? The pictures. The pictures. Getting pictures. For real. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, when people mail you pictures. Yeah. It's the hardest part. Because that's well, when you start knowing. That's when you start knowing how long you've been. How long you, you gone. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because if I'm in here doing the same thing every day, my time going to keep running. But when the pictures come, it's like, dang. Like when I start getting the pictures of my daughter, like visits and all of that, man, it'd be cool. But I'd rather not have them for real. Mm. The only reason I agreed to visit is because my daughters were saying they wanted to see me. Yeah. But for real, I'm cool on all of that. I don't want to see none of that. Yeah. I holler child when I get out because y'all gonna make it hard because then you start thinking about stuff. Then you get mad. Then some dude accidentally bump you in the child line. You don't punch it. You know what I mean? Like now y'all in the hole. Now you ain't got nothing to think about, but then, then when I left, my daughter was a little baby girl. Now she got chest in the butt. Like, you know, like you feel me? That's serious, though. That's real. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, that's real. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't got strong minds. Like everybody needs to start raising their kids to have a strong mind, and and teach them to stand on something. Mm. You got to stand on what you believe in. So make sure y'all teaching them the right beliefs for real. Uh, I've seen a lot of people have rough time in there. Because wow. the penitentiary ain't really... It ain't as... Uh, oh, dang. I don't... Oh, did I hang up? No. <laughs> you are. There you go. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> My bad. But a lot of people in the... uh, A lot of people don't know how to be by themselves. Yeah. Because you only got one name on your ID. One picture. That's it. So if you don't know how to be alone and and really uh be able to think for yourself, yeah, man, you in trouble. Like you in trouble. Yeah. Like they talking to these kids before they turn 14, 13, 14, 15, like that's not working. Yeah. Y'all need need to let felons that's really been there in them situations go to these schools and talk to these troubled youth. Because honestly, they're not gonna listen to y'all. If you walk up in a suit and I walk up how I walk up, they not gonna listen to you because you, you got this suit on. 
But whatever I tell them, they're going to listen to because they're like, man, I'm trying to be him. But they don't know. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell them the truth. Yeah. But they need that. You can't have some little white lady come down here in the hood uh, telling them, oh, you guys need to do better. Because when I come, man, man, you better straighten up. Tighten up, bro. What are you doing? They're going to listen to that. They ain't going to listen to all you professionals out there, you know. These trouble kids ain't trying to hear that. They not. And it's so crazy you say that because, you know, you know, I started teaching um, in the class, in traditional classroom this year. And, you know, probably one of the reasons why I have such a good relationship with my students, but also their families is because, you know, they know I'm going to be high academic and then y'all keep playing and, and I'm good for stop playing with me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good for yeah. it. They know, they know, they be like, like yo, Professor B, it will, will turn real quick. Like, hey, yeah. not too much. <laughs> Don't do too much. Like, but, they be too soft on these kids nowadays, man. Well, I'm not going to say that they soft. I think, I, I and I, I'm not going to say that that really is it. I don't think that there, it's one way. I think that they're I'm has talking to, about parenting. But I'm not saying, again, I don't think it's one way. I think it has to be a balance of kid. I think different kids do different things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, love did, didn't need some of the stuff that Judah still need. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Thing. And so I think that I think it's a case of of both and. But as we were, you know, I, I want to make sure we turn this corner because uh, we only have a few minutes left. But oh, my I know, bad. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about getting out because, um, I remember again today's your one year anniversary. We celebrate. Right. And wow. I might just drop this episode tonight just to keep the memory. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, but but I remember when you got when you got first of all, you crazy because you my brother, y'all, my brother just popped out. Like we knew he was getting out at some point, but we didn't we kind of knew because you know, when they start going through and you know, putting you putting you up and you know for parole and stuff like that, you 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 know they coming, but you don't you don't know the date. My brother literally showed up, knocked on my parents' door, like, I'm out. Like, yeah, I'm out. I'm here. Like, take me to the hospital. I'm out. I'm here. Nah, I pulled, nah, I pulled straight up to the hospital. That's right. You did. That hurt. Yeah, pulled straight up on Pops. What you doing, man? <laughs> he was looking like, what? What? Yeah, I'm out. All right, that's over with. <laughs> but I remember when you got out, they had, you know, they gave you a piece of paper. They had your picture on it. And it said, you know, inmate such and such and such and such. He he out now. He did this time to this time. In that time that you were in, in eight years, your ID expired. Yeah. Because your ID had expired, you needed to take the uh, piece of paper, and your oh. and uh, they were able to pull up your expired ID and your you know take be it was able to take your you know your birth certificate and, all, and social security card and that stuff. But they were asking for uh, uh, an address, and the you didn't have anything that had the address on it because you had just got out. Nah, the, what what it was was I had the paper that they give you when you walk out of prison tells you where you paroled to. Mm-hmm. So I had the address on this paper mm-hmm. from prison with my name on it, my address, my PO name. My mama name, all of that's on this paper. This is where I'm living. Mm-hmm. This is where I have to live at. Mm-hmm. When I take it up there to these people, 
They argue with the people. Just when you go to DMV, DMV, they argue with me like, "Well, you need a bill." I said, "Lady, I just did eight years in the penitentiary. I don't have no bills. I just got out, and I know you can tell because I'm bigger than everybody in here. I'm bald, shaved, <laughs> and I'm tattooed all over my body, like." Please let me get an ID. I need an ID. I can't get a job without an ID. And you can't, can't get, get it. And you had to have a job. I remember you had to have a job in like 30, was it 30 days or something like that? Yeah, yeah, man. 30 days. And they, they, and they was riding you. Like, hey, you got to get this job. You got to get like, this yeah. This is my second day out of penitentiary. They talking about you got to have a job. I said, man, what? Where they do that at? Like, you feel me? I'm like, man, I can't even get an ID. Yeah. So now arguing with the people. But the trick to that is, if you're getting out of prison and you need to get an ID, wherever you're going, have whoever live there write you an affidavit saying you you going to be staying here at this address with them. Make them bring a bill. I had one up there three times, so they was... So, uh... Say it again. I, you, I missed something. You said you had gone up there three times, but what? Yeah, so they was tired of me by the time I had finally got Shout out to Joe. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> uh, my big brother, Joe, man, he helped me out with that. I got the affidavit and went up there with my mama and they gave me the ID. So make sure you get an affidavit with somebody saying that you live here. They need to have a bill with their name on it and that address and they give you an ID. They can't, they can't deny you that. And see, my thing is, I had no idea of any. I would think since this is a state document. State document. With your name, your all your information on it, where you yep. been. And I remember you said the lady was like, I see your expired one in here. Like you know yeah. I'm a person. That's me. That's <laughs> me. She showed it to I said, that's me. I'm right here. That's me. You can't just print that out. Oh <laughs> uh, no, we can't. Woo woo woo. It's a different address. I say, man, y'all is crazy here, man. Yeah. No, it's, but it's 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 wild, but uh I thought about you know, for me in that moment, and I think at that time, I think I was taking a class called like crime, gender and race or race, gender and crime or something. And they were talking about how when people get out, it's so hard to just do daily stuff. Daily stuff. That you just go back to doing whatever you, you like, I'm not dealing with this. I gotta, yes. I, gotta I gotta feed my crew. And, and that's you- what a lot of people do, man. I know people right now, when I got out, I ended, when I finally figured that out, I helped about 20 guys yeah. that got out. And and like 10 of them have been out for like six months. Yeah. Without no, no ID and no job. Because you can't get no a job. job. No nothing. That's crazy. In the streets, they're like, man, I just need an ID, bro. They trip. And once I put them on to the game, because that's not something they tell you in the penitentiary. In the penitentiary, they're like, man, take this paper to the DMV. They're going to give you, they're going to issue you a state ID, and then you can go through whatever you need to go through to get a driver's license. That is not the case. They lie. Now, some places, they do. Like, I switched states. Mm-hmm. So it was a little harder. Yeah. But some of those states, like the guys that got out in Kentucky and went to their hometown in Kentucky, they still had the same problem I was having. Yeah. In Ohio. Yeah, but like if you get out of an Ohio prison and come to Cincinnati or whatever, they give you a little card, and that's what they were saying. Well, where's your card at? I'm like, man, I came from Kentucky. Oh, well, you got to go get an ID in Kentucky. I'm not allowed to go to Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. So how, how can I get an ID in Kentucky? I'm not allowed to go over there. 
yeah. I'm paroled here. This is my address. You see it right here. Yeah. You need to call my PO. They, but you know, once you get everything situated, but that's something that really the prison system needs to put in to place. Yeah. In place for real, like all right. Well, but they they wouldn't do that though because they make more money when y'all come back. That's a fact. But okay. that's how the whole system is set up though. So they had me in a class called SAT, right? Substance Substance Abuse Program. I don't get high though. Like I told them that. I said, well, I smoke weed. They was like, oh, well, you get high. I said, okay. They was like, well, uh, what's what's what are you addicted to? I was like, man, I ain't addicted to nothing. Or not. <laughs> they said, what are you powerless to? You know I couldn't pass the first step. That's the first step. Admitting you are powerless to your addiction. I said, what addiction? They said, you, you, the uh, the fast money, the fast girls, the fast cars. I said, what? I said, man, I got my lady, my kids, I go over there, do my thing, and come back. That's what I do. They couldn't believe it for nothing. I was like, man, all that extra stuff y'all talking about, I don't do that. I pay bills. That's what I do. Wow. Get my kids the world. That's what I do. Yeah. All this other stuff y'all talking about, I don't do that. So they, could, they couldn't believe that I, they was mad I wouldn't admit that I was powerless to my addiction. So that was the whole thing. But my thing is, they, they brought me in front of this uh, board I didn't know that all the SAP people was on the phone in a little, uh, all the higher up yeah. SAP people. They was on the phone and I told, I was just talking to the lady. I didn't know they was on the phone, but I was telling her. I was like, she was like, so how do you feel about the program? I said, man, it's stupid. I said, you want me to sit in the class? I sell drugs. This dude does drugs. You want me to sit here with these hundred people that do drugs. Each one of them get up here talking about how much drugs they done did. How much money they done spent. I was like, and then you won't. So I'm sitting there with these hundred people that I ain't never met. Yeah. But we all in the same area. And they all get high on the drug that I sell. Mm. So I'm watching this dude talking about how he spent 300 a day. This dude talking about he spent 40 a day. This dude talking about he spent 2,500 every two days. This dude talking about this. So in my mind, as a drug dealer, I'm counting up the money. So I'm like, dang, out of these 100 people, every day I could see 50,000. It's drug math. You doing drug right. math. Super quick, because I'm really good at it. Like, you feel me? So I'm like, dang, that's $10,500 every couple hours? But you want me to quit selling drugs, and you want them to quit doing drugs. But yeah, the after, way that, yeah, that's not wise. Yeah. The crazy part is they want after they get done talk about how much money they spend. You want me to go up here and tell them how much dope I sell. <laughs> but you want me to quit selling drugs, and you want them to quit doing drugs. That ain't bad. Man, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's sound a like cycle. Let's make all of them do this class together so they can meet each other. And then, and I'm in here with you for six months. So now I know where your mama stay at. I know oh, how God. I get out. I know everything. You know everything, bro. I know you getting out on January third. You know I don't get out till till February fourth. But bro, crazy. I'm gonna pull straight up on you. I'm gonna ask something for you. I'm like, yeah, man. I spent twenty four hundred. I got you. Like you feel me? So these are the classes that they putting you in. That's yeah. mandatory. 
Yeah. This is mandatory classes. You got a drug case? Mandatory class. Sack. Wow. Well, I, I, hope said, man, they, I hope they took your feedback and and thought they through. did. They made they made a class called MRT, Moral Recognition Therapy. I'm like, okay, they about to switch it up. Negative. Uh, tell me what happened to you as a child that made you want to get high. And I'm sitting there listening to these people's story. And I'm like, man, this is a stupid class too, man. So the so the the, the worker person. Well, it, like, it probably it probably works for that demographic that needs it. No, it doesn't work. You telling these people to lie. Now you telling these people to blame somebody else for them getting high. The only way you can blame your mama or your cousin or somebody else for you getting high is if you was sitting there knocked out, sleep, and they stuck you with a needle. That's not what's happening. You sticking, you picking up a needle, putting your drugs in it, and putting it in your arm. Nobody made you do that. And this is why you are not a therapist. <laughs> That's the fact, because I'm you straightforward. This is this, why you're not a therapist. And this nobody is, this made is you the reason that. they won't let you come to the schools. <laughs> nobody made you do that, man. <laughs> Yo, this is why. Okay, so listen. Um, Choices is severe. The, the, <laughs> let me tell y'all something. My brother, he gonna forever say what he gonna say. That's it. He don't care. Um, but I, I think this has been so eye opening. Um, and like you, you and I talked before we started, before we started recording, you know, this gotta be a series, um, because we gotta figure out, um, how to just tell, I think just telling that other side of the story. Um, I would, I would love to have you come back and talk about as a father, you know, the time that you missed with your girls and how Mm -hmm. that impacted y'all today, you know? So maybe that'll be, that'll be our next one. Cause we got a lot of. I don't know if you remember, you know, you remember, people don't know, uh, I tell people all the time, you know, my parents don't believe in Halloween, they don't celebrate Halloween. People like, that's right, that's right. I was like, keep that same energy because Keith Anderson don't celebrate Christmas neither because he'd be like, he said the same thing. And But I remember during Christmas time that he would, uh, they would have us purchase um, clothing and toys for incarcerated individuals for their kids. And I never really understood it you know, until it kind of started putting two and two together about just, just, just not having that other parent to be able to help or to give them something, you know, um, during, during those special, uh, times. And so I would love to have you back to kind of talk about it. Um, and maybe have a couple of our other friends that kind of hop on, um, and just to hear y'all side of the story. I think that we hear a lot of what media wants us to hear. Um, and yeah. man, while right. I may not, while I may not agree with everything that you say, um, I do believe that you have the right to say it, and that it is your yeah. it's your experience. I don't I I didn't go I didn't go to the penitentiary. Right. So, you know I, I don't know. So I, I'm I, I'm listening to you. I, everything I'm saying is real, and, and we need to. I'm telling you. A lot of the, a lot of people don't know what be going on behind the walls, man. Yeah, and I, we gonna get them, into it. We gonna get into it for yeah, sure. We gonna get into it because I'm a, I'm gonna tell it all. I ain't oh, man. Listen, man. Oh, these man. people is crooked and all of that. Like we can get oh, into yeah. that. That's when you need to have your lawyer homie on here with us. Yeah, so I can let him know what's what they really be doing in there, bro. Really 
Just a lot. Yeah, man. I know a dude. I got caught. Oh, we about to hold it. Hold it. Because you about oh, okay. to hold it. Hold it. All right, cause I was about, I I need another thirty minutes, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, I'm gonna I'm end it with this. Um, probably one of my favorite, <laughs> probably one of my favorite things was you might have been at this point. We had this was 2020, so this was like five years at at this point where you were in. And yeah. I remember your oldest daughter was over my house. I had we had just moved to Georgia. Uh, might have been 2021, and we had moved to Georgia and. Um, my niece was over and, um, my mom said, Hey, RC wants to zoom. This is when zoom was taken off. And I remember, uh, getting on the zoom and you were in like somebody's office. Um, whoever like the, I, it ain't the Dean. I don't know what they call them. Whoever. Nah, it, it was a case worker. Case, case, work, case workers in there. Um, we could hear him. You had to sit like far away from the uh, from the TV with your hands to your side, yeah. and uh, and we was like, you "Take a picture, take a picture." And you was like, "Bro, I'm in prison. I'm not smiling." <laughs> 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 that was the funniest thing. But just you figuring out how to do the Zoom was hilarious to me. Uh, and so uh. think about that. I always think about that moment just, um, you know, of you just being in there, you know, checking in on you. When we come back, we got to talk about what was COVID like, you know, on the inside. Was it a thing? Was it not? I mean, there's so much we get to talk about. So we got to do a series. uh, I don't know if we're going to call it my brother the felon or whatever. Um, uh, We're going to rock it out um, and make sure you have any last thing that you want to say to everybody uh for listening or any any last yeah, uh, all my fellow felons man you can make it man mm. take your ideas that you've been writing down for all them years pick one do it bro don't get out here and get to writing another thousand business plans go for it man shoot for the moon uh you can make it I made it I'm doing well um Next year will be a beautiful year for me. And it could be a beautiful year for y'all, man. Tap in. Real. Because I'm going to be on her podcast for the next month. Because I got a whole lot to say. <laughs> We're going to spread about. We're going to have that. We're spread about. We're going to have a whole series dropping. <laughs> All right, y'all. But look, it's, uh, it's your girl, Sunny B, with my brother, The Felon. Uh, also right. known as uh, Big Hitter King. Me. Um, yeah, I love I love you, RC. You my ride. Love you too, sir. I tell everybody, mess with me if you want to. I got a brother that don't care. He coming. That's a fact. They better know it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank y'all so much for listening. And I this will be another installment um with the sunny side of you. Thank you for listening to the Sunny Side View.